It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 394 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, May 11th, 2023. The San Diego Padres, they just dropped two out of three to the Minnesota Twins. A series that they could have won, that's for sure. A series that they could have won, and now they're going to go into Los Angeles and face a Dodgers team that they just lost a series against this past weekend. Padres are now two and four in their last six games. Um, and wow, I, I, I was supposed to come on here a few minutes ago. And I'm just coming on here now because I was re-watching that Bob Melvin press conference that he had after the game today, after he was ejected, by the way. And man, is it seems like he is fed up. I mean, these are some of the things that he is saying after the Padres lost five to three here. We gotta fight a little harder, expect a little more of ourselves, including myself, talking about how this Padres team, yeah, they have a good start offensively, but then it doesn't keep going throughout the game. Um, I would not be surprised if there was another team meeting. Before, you know, last year he got pissed off with the media, or not with the media, but he, was, he showed that he was pissed off when he was talking to the media in Arizona. And then there was the whole the burn the ships thing with the players meeting. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see that again. Uh, maybe as the team is in the air to Los Angeles or when they touch down or before they take batting practice tomorrow at Dodger Stadium, maybe someone speaks up. Maybe Manny speaks up or Soto or someone and gets pissed off or Bob Melvin. I mean, it seems like right now he is just exasperated. He's exhausted. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if this team comes out tomorrow and plays like pissed off and they end up beating the Dodgers tomorrow. I, I would not be surprised. Now this series against the twins. Yeah. Disappointing, obviously. And I think Bo Mel said it good. I mean, he was pretty much like, yeah, we're not living up to, we're not playing up to expectations. We, we got to stop talking about it and just start going out and doing it. And that's what needs to happen. I mean, us fans, we're going to talk about it, right? We're going to talk about, oh, this team, they went three for 22 with runners in scoring position this series. Oh, they had multiple leads today. They couldn't pile on there in the eighth. Grisham struck out with the bases loaded. Last night, uh, Soto had runners in scoring position. He grounded out. Um Matt Carpenter right last night. He struck out looking. We'll talk about that and we'll be disappointed with it and frustrated by it, but it's not going to change anything, obviously, right? We're just venting our frustration. The Padres offense has to come through. They have to just turn it around. And I was saying this on my pregame thoughts, I think today before today's game, like the runners in scoring position problem that the Padres have, it's not something that you can just go flip the switch and change it. I don't feel like, like there's not like an easy solution, right? The solution is guys hitting better, but it's not basketball where, okay, you're struggling from the free throw line. Let's go shoot a thousand free throws and fix it and just get better with it. Sure. You can get better at hitting, but these are all major league hitters. There's a ton of talent on this team. It's not something that you can just go, you know, fix your, your, in the box, you're reacting to the pitcher. It, I don't think it should matter. I don't think the mindset, well, maybe it changes a little bit. Like if there's a runner on third, you're trying to hit a fly ball to the outfield to bring them in maybe sometimes. But when you're at the plate, most of the time, you're just trying to do damage, right? Regardless of who's on the mound, regardless of if there's nobody on, or if there's a runner on second and third, you're trying to do damage. And the Padres, they're a little bit uh, above average, I believe, with guys not in scoring position. But then they are like the worst team in baseball when there are runners in scoring position. Entering today, they had the worst batting average in baseball with runners in scoring position, 205. And today, I believe they went one for like seven with runners in scoring position yesterday, they went over five. The twins converted four times with runners in scoring position. Padres left six on base today. One for seven. Grisham was left in scoring position twice. Hassan Kim was left in scoring position, Bogarts and Manny. So yeah, two and four in the last six. And we could talk about today's game. Padres lose five, three. I'll get into the previous two games of this series. Tati started off nice with a home run, like right out of the gate, boom, all right. And that's that's what Bo Mel's talking about. Like, they start the game right. Feels like, you know, there's energy, offense, all right, let's go. And then as the game goes on, 
they're just not able to sustain that, really. Um, Odor, okay, in the pregame thoughts that I had, I did not like Odor being in the lineup again. I thought they could have had Crony at second base. They could have had Matt Carpenter at first base. Manny, okay, he has the, the DH day. We have Kent at third. You don't know Dora in there. Like, what does he bring to the team? And I said, well, you know, now that I say this, he's probably going to hit three hit. He's going to have a three-hit game. That's just the way baseball goes. Didn't have a three-hit game, but he had a one-hit game, and that one hit was a bomb. Uh, so good for him. Uh, I, that's not going to change my viewpoint on Rugnetto Dora. I mean, I guess I know Jim Russell likes to do this. He calls out a player, which, by the way, he's been calling out Juan Soto for, like, the whole year, uh, and he did it again, or he does it, like, every day, and Soto has a really good game. Uh, and obviously, jokingly, he's like, yeah, well, thank you. You should all be thanking me. You're welcome. So I guess I'll, I'll do I'll do the gym. You're welcome uh, on Rugner door. It's a home run. Um, they had, I think, three separate leads in this game. Darvish allowed two singles, a hit by pitch, and a walk in the second inning before getting to Joey Gallo. Um, I don't know. He walked. He walked Gallo. Excuse me. In the second, that made it one-one. Manny in the fourth, double off the wall. That scored Soto. And then, bottom four, Kyle Farmer had the home run on the hanging break, breaking ball from Darvish, that tied the game. Top of the fifth, Rugnetto Dora had the home run, made it 3-2. So the Padres had multiple leads in this game, and they can't come away with the win. In the bottom of the seventh, Honeywell's on the mound after Darvish is taken out. And I'll get to the Darvish decision by Bowmill here in a second. Honeywell allows a single, hit-by-pitch, walk to load the bases. He gets a 6-4-3 double play ball to, to bogey. But Odor, for some reason, he I, I mean, Mud on broadcast liked it. But for some reason, Odor thinks he's Derek Jeter, and he catches the ball at second, and he always does the jump throw. All he had—it's not like this was a terrible throw from Bo or terrible toss from Bogarts that was high and took him off the base. I think he could have just caught the ball and stayed on the base. It's not 2010 anymore. Stayed on the base, pivot, throw, and maybe they would have got him there because he's done that. I remember him doing that once, where it was. Manny, it was a 5-4-3 double play. I think it was at home. Quick double play, and Bogarts, not Bogarts, Rugi, Odor did it. Like, he didn't do the jump throw. He just quick pivot, sidearm, and threw it to first and got the double play. Like, he can do that. I thought that was a play. He could have done it. Padres maybe would have gotten out of the inning there. But Honeywell did not pitch good today. Um, Wilson comes in. Gives up the two RBI double to Carlos Correa, who has sucked this year. He was booed by his home fans. And trust me, I've been to Minnesota. They're they're like Minnesota nice. I, I think that's what they call people in Minnesota. And I can back that up. Like, they're not going to boo their players very much. So Correa has sucked this year. Uh, but he had a couple good swings uh, these last couple games for the Twins against the Padres. That made it 5-3, Correa's double. And then top of the eighth, Grish has the bases loaded and he strikes out. Bowmel was ejected in the eighth inning, which I thought that was to maybe fire up the guys a little bit because they had a good start to the game and then didn't do really anything, didn't do much offensively. Like 
the reliever that was in for the Twins when Grish struck out there in the eighth, he was trying to give away the lead. He was trying to let the Padres get back into this game. He was. He had a hit-by-pitch on Bogarts. I think he walked the previous guy. Soto, right? And then, was it Soto or Crony? It was Soto. Yeah. Soto was two for three today with the walk. Bases are loaded, and then Grisham strikes out. 0 for 4 day for him. Three strikeouts from Grish today. That's too many. Um, Kim went 0 for 3 today. So they had they had opportunities and, again, didn't come through. 3 for 22 with runners in scoring position in this series. Tatis, I mean, he's, he's doing good. Juan Soto, I mean, I'm very encouraged by what I'm seeing from Juan Soto. And yeah, he exited the game today, but I think he's going to be fine. It was, he fell the ball off his foot and they allowed him to take the at bat. When he got on base, they took him out. And it was probably like, well, we're down. This is going to be your last at bat anyway. So if we lose, that is. So let's put Adam Angle in there for speed. And that's what happened. Uh, so I'm not concerned about Soto there. And Bogart got hit, but hopefully he's fine. Hit, that hit him in the shoulder. But like Soto, Manny, Tatis, I, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing there. There's just some other guys that aren't, at least recently, have not been carrying uh, their weight, you know, if you will. Um, Kim's one of those guys, I think. I think Nola is definitely one of their – I mean – if we're talking about carrying weight, like he doesn't have very much weight and he's still not carrying it. Right. And what I mean by that is our expectations for Austin Nola are not that high and he's still not reaching them. So hopefully we'll see Brett Sullivan catch more. Uh, but I mean, yesterday, Sullivan didn't have the best game yesterday, but Nola came in after Sullivan started the game and caught at the end there, came through with the bunt, the sack bunt, but what, you're going to have Nola just be in the lineup every day just in case there's a sack bunt situation in there? Like, no. He's got to be – the catching – the catchers as a whole, they've got to be better. I think Hassan Kim should should be better at the plate. And I'm, I feel like we're waiting. You know, the Mexico City Series, right, the big four, they were hot. Well, Manny in the first game, right, where they scored like 16 runs. But it, this year it's been two guys in the in the big four that have been hot and the other guys are cold. Like, it's about the consistency, you know. I want to see all four of them clicking because Soto and Manny got off the slow starts, but Bogarts was doing really good, right? And Tatis was playing well. He still is. You know, two out of four. Now, Bogarts has cooled off, and it's Manny and Soto that look good. But it's not all of them at the same time, and I feel like we're we're waiting for that. As for you, Darvish, today, he went six innings, two earned runs, four hits allowed, one walk, seven punch-outs, 80 pitches for him today. And I know there were people on social media that were like, 
Why is Brent? Why was Brent Honeywell put in the game in that situation? Why was Darvish pulled after six innings? Like that's a stupid decision by Bob Melvin. What is he doing? And I wanted to hear Bo Mel post game before I made any judgment on that because I was like, yeah, if he's getting pulled 80 pitches into the outing after six innings and he's fine, no precautions, and he just took him out because he wanted to go to Honeywell. I think that's a dumb decision. But post game, Bowmel said, "Like, yeah, I was not going to send him back out there for the seventh inning if I ha- if I wasn't a hundred percent sure that he was okay." And Bowmel was not a hundred percent sure that he was perfectly fine. I believe there was a visit from the trainer, and on social media, there, some were saying the hamstring. Bowmel mentioned the arm a little bit. He was shaking his arm a little bit. So I don't know what the real truth is about that one but Darvish yes based on what Bowmill is saying he should have been taken out after six innings if that's the case and the offense like Bowmill said post game as well the offense just put too much pressure on the pitching staff to be like perfect today because they had situations to come through they had multiple leads but they just weren't bigger leads than like one run and had to be perfect and Honeywell was not Wilson gave up the double to Correa and Then it was 5-3, and the offense didn't score after that. The offense in the eighth inning had the opportunity there, bases loaded, and Grish strikes out. The the bullpen is not going to be perfect every time out. It's not. The offense, we expect more out of the offense. We we just do. You know, let's see how what are what are you guys thinking here in the comments? If you want to join the show. You want to vent, express your frustration, whatever. You can click that link that is pinned up in the chat. Max says, now we have Soto hurt and possibly Bogarts after getting hit in the shoulder going into the Dodgers series tomorrow. Yeah. I don't think Soto is, look, Soto is probably going to wake up sore tomorrow. I don't think Bogarts is hurt. I, I would expect Soto to be in the lineup tomorrow. Max says, Grisham was so hot to start the season and now can't get anything going. Same with Bogarts. It's about the consistency, right? Like, there's going to be guys slumping, it feels like, always in the lineup. Like, it's baseball. It's hard. But I'd like to see, more often than not, the majority of the lineup clicking. And I don't feel like we've really gotten to that point at all consistently this season. Yeah, Max says, Honeywell and Wilson kind of choked today. Okay, but, you know, the bullpen's not going to be great every time out. You know, Josh Hader, although the second game of this series, we'll get to that here in a minute. There's a guy on second base to start the inning. You know, that was an unearned run. I I hate that runner on second base rule in extra innings, by the way. But I guess I'd be more open to it if it was like in the 12th inning and, you know, we could play regular baseball uh, and the offense would have to earn their guy on second base in, you know, the first couple innings of extra innings first few innings but yeah that was an unearned run and hater he has been amazing this year for the Padres not they're not all going to be shut out performances from the bullpen that's where the offense has to come in you know the starting pitching this is what is frustrating to me because the starting pitching over the last like week it's probably been more than that But over the last, let's say, week has been tremendous. The last 
six games, including today. So, New Darvish, today, goes six innings, gives up two earned runs. Strikeout seven, quality start. That should be good enough, right? Well, Padres lose the game. Lugo yesterday, six innings, two earned runs. Waka, in the first game of this series, six innings, one earned run. Musgrove, Sunday Night Baseball, five innings, no earned runs. Blake Snell on Saturday against the Dodgers, six innings, two earned runs. You Darvish, in, in the start before today, six and two-thirds against the Dodgers, one earned run. The Padres are two and four in those games. That can't be happening. And the bullpen is not terrible. The offense has to be better. You cannot be wasting starts because you're not going to have, I mean, maybe they will, but I don't know how many stretches the Padres are going to have where the starting pitching is going to have quality starts day in and day out like this. So the Padres offense has to capitalize. The Padres have to capitalize as a whole and win these games, especially these first half games where Blake Snell pitches well when maybe you're not expecting it. And Lugo keeps pitching well. And Darvish is pitching well. And everyone's pitching well, you know, in this rotation right now. And they're two and four in those games. That's that's frustrating. I agree that that's definitely frustrating. All right, quick break. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, I'll get to the chat here in a minute after discussing the second game of this series. Yesterday, the Padres, they lost 4-3. This one was in extra innings. It was another game that you could say that the Padres should have won. Lugo, six innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, five punch outs. He was good. Padres, they had a 3-2 lead in the 10th inning in this game. They had a 2-1 lead in the 7th inning. But again, the offense putting pressure on the pitching staff because, you know, one-run leads, you're not going to end up winning all of those games. It's not, that's just baseball. You're not going to win all those games. Um, Third inning, Soto stole second, got into scoring position, but then tried to take third. I didn't think he needed to do that. Padres didn't come up with any runs there. Uh, In the first inning, I mean, there were some unlucky things. The Gallo play, the shallow fly ball from Manny, that ball was not an out. It was ruled an out, good eye-hand coordination, but Gallo, the ball ended up hitting the grass. And so Crony ends up getting doubled off, and the Padres can't do anything there. And who knows what what would have happened if there would have been runners on first and second in that spot there. What would have happened? We don't know. So some unluckiness, Soto hit a bullet to first base and ended up being a double play later in the game. But Soto, I mean, he is looking really good right now. He homered in this game, dead center, made it 2-1. Manny had a sack fly. Uh, or no, sorry, sorry. Before, a couple minutes ago, I said Padres had a 2-1 lead. They were down 2-1. Soto's home run made it 2-1 twins. And then the Manny sack fly in the eighth tied the game at two. Stroke ground out to second weekly with runners on second and third. But 
I'm not seeing too many of those Juan Soto ground out, weak ground out to seconds right now. And that's encouraging. I mean, I love the breakdown that Dero had on MLB Network on MLB Central this morning. Let me pull up the numbers. This was entering today, obviously. But Juan Soto, since 2020, so it was a chart on like swing decisions. And the breakdown was about Juan Soto like being more aggressive. And so here on the chart, 2020, 2021, chase percentage, 16.9%. 2022 to April 26th, he's chasing a little bit more than that, 17.2%. Since April 27th, Soto has been chasing 13.6% of the time, which is much less obvious. Not much, I mean, 4% doesn't seem like that much, but that does make a difference. The zone swing percentage, how much, how, which percentage, percentage of the time is Soto swinging at balls in the zone? 2022 to April 26th, 55.8%. That's not really the Juan Soto we know, right? Or Padres fans know that Juan Soto. That's been the frustrating part. But the Nationals' Juan Soto, he would attack those pitches more. Since April 27th, he's attacking more. He's more in attack mode, not waiting when balls are in the zone. 70.7% of the time, when the ball's in the zone, he is swinging. And then middle swing percentage, balls in the middle of the plate, 91.7% of the time since April 27th, he's swinging at those balls, middle, middle. And 2022 to April 26th, only 72.9% of the time was he swinging. So, you know, aggressive, aggressive Juan Soto. It was a good breakdown by Duro. And it's available on on, uh, MLB Network's Twitter, I believe. I quote tweeted it on Talking Tires screenshotting the chart it's it's encouraging what what we're seeing so far out of Juan he doesn't have many opposite field hits so far this year but we saw some in this twin series so he homered in the top of the seventh of, of uh yesterday's game and he finished the game by the way one for three quarter run rbi two walks that was after getting on base five times in the first game so his OPS now, after today's game, it's up to 888. And 800 OPS is usually pretty good, I would say. Uh, Soto, you know, we should probably expect his OPS to be over 900, sometimes at 1,000. But what we can't change the past, obviously. And so what I'm taking is the encouraging things that I'm seeing from Juan and, and what I'm seeing – it, what I saw in this Minnesota series is encouraging. Uh, but getting back to Wednesday's loss, so Manny sack fly 2-2, Soto grounded out. Um, in the 10th, it, it feels like the Padres, you know, you know that they're really grinding right now because the Twins, you know, one hit, they can bring in a run in extra innings. The Padres, you got to get a runner over to third, and then you got to do – like a, a safety, safety was it suicide squeeze or safety squeeze? Because Odor got the home pretty quick. He maybe that was just a good read. Uh, Nola gets the bunt down. By the way, it was 102 miles per hour. So props to him for getting that bunt down. That's probably not an easy thing to do. Um, but that's pretty much all he's useful for right now offensively, which sucks. 
Um, and again, our expectations weren't high for Nola, and he's still not meeting them. But he gets the bunt down, tie game. Hater comes in. Solano has the RBI single on the line. Unearned run for Hater, but disappointing still. Hater strikes out three, though, to keep the game tied, which was clutch from him. And then in the 11th, bases loaded after Bogey walked or worked a walk. 3 2 count, laid off a great pitch. Uh, I was surprised he laid off that pitch. That was kind of like the Bryce Harper changeup that he did not swing at against Robert Suarez in the NLCS last year. Like, man, that's a tough pitch to lay off. But Bogey laid off of it. But then Matt Carpenter comes up, strikes out looking, and he's complaining to the umpire after striking out looking. And it's like, dude, that ball's not even on the, the corner of the zone, on the black of the plate, if you will. No, that pitch is almost down the middle. Like, you can't be complaining to the umpire about that. You can't be not swinging at that pitch. There's some times this year where, you know, Grish or someone like that hasn't swung at a pitch. Soto, I think, earlier this year didn't swing at a pitch that was kind of on the black, and I think it was to end the game. That's more understandable. I still don't want you to, but that's still more understandable than Carpenter not swinging at that breaking ball that was pretty much middle of the plate, right, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, disappointing. Again, runners in scoring position being Padres' problem. And that was the last night was the 13th game. Manny had the sack fly, but that's not a hit. So that's not in the in the, the scorebook. You look at the box score, that's not going to show like, hey, he came through with runners in scoring position. No, it's going to say, no, he got out. It was a fly out. Um, 13th game the Padres had last night. Hitless with runners in scoring position. Entering today, MLB worst 205 batting average with runners in scoring position. And they were one for seven today. So it's not like it got a lot better. They were one for seven today with runners in scoring position. So, uh, you know, it's frustrating because there's a lot of talent on this team and you're expecting better of them. And also I'm sitting here, at least me wondering like, okay, how are they going to turn it around? Like is some of this luck that they're not, you know, they're hitting the ball hard. Sometimes they are, they're hitting the ball hard and it's not falling. Manny got robbed a couple times today. There was a ball that he hit hard. It looked like he was going in the right center gap. I forget if there was a runner in scoring position here. Right center gap, and Nick Gordon makes a tremendous play. Lays out. Like, tip your cap. So is it luck, or is it these guys just aren't coming through with runners in scoring position? And I think it's a combination of the two. There's sometimes where they do get unlucky. Someone hits the ball hard, and it's right at someone. But then there's also some times where you strike out looking with base loaded and it wasn't a bad call by the umpire, you know, like those, you can't do that. So there's little things like that, I guess you could change, but they're trying to, like the hitter's mindset, at least what it should be is to attack regardless of what the situation is. So again, I know I said it earlier, but it's not like you can just go work on free throws like you can in basketball or in golf. Go work on your swing. It, runners in scoring position, I guess in batting practice, you could get a high-velocity uh, machine out there or breaking ball machine and say, all right, there's a runner on third. Hit this ball in the air to the outfield. You could do that, but still, 
you could be practicing something and then in the game you're facing a pitcher that doesn't throw that pitch you were practicing with or it's in a spot that you weren't practicing with or it's just baseball it's reactionary and sometimes you can't explain some stuff so yeah it's frustrating hopefully you get what i'm saying there with the runners in scoring position issue because it is an issue i mean let's let's face it so padres lost yesterday obviously that was frustrating tuesday they won six to one i'll get to that after i get to some of these comments here Gil says, did y'all hear Bo Mills post-game comments? He actually sounded pissed for once, said the team needs tenacity throughout the game. It needs to be about it, not talk about it. Yeah, I posted that be about it, not talk about it little clip there on Twitter. You could just see in the tone, of, or you could tell when you listen, you see the visual that he's pissed off. And again, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those meetings happens again. Like, I know... Last year was different because it was in September and it was like, all right, we really got to get going. And right now it's May 11th, but it sure feels like there's urgency from Bowmel's voice. Max says, Grish, Nola, and Kim really continue to disappoint. Nola and Kim, yeah. And Grish, I think he's cooled down a little bit. Uh, Evan, Orthodox Evans asks, what's the runners in scoring position stats on the whole season so far? That's a good question. Is there a way I can look that up? I hope I can. Let me check. I mean, this isn't going to be updated through today, but if I were to check baseball reference and the offense, is there like team stats on there? I don't think so. I don't see. I just see individual stats. I don't know if I can look that up. Is it on? And maybe if I go, no. Because even then, I, if I just go to team batting on here, it just shows the individual. It doesn't. It doesn't show like runners in scoring position stat. You know, it has to be somewhere. Let's see. I'm going to go Padres. I'm going on fan graphs here. Let's see. Advanced. Sorry, it's going to take a minute here. I don't see like runners in scoring position stuff. But I do see like on base percentage, OPS. Weighted runs created plus. And if you look at the Padres, they're in the middle. They're 16th. I don't think this is updated through today, but they're 16th. Weighted runs created plus as an offense. 100 is like the league average, I believe. 99 is what the Padres are. That's not what this Padres offense should be. Team at, uh, is hitting 231. Their on-base percentage is 321. Their OPS is 712. Yeah, I'm not seeing a runners in scoring position thing. If we were to rank the OPSs of teams in baseball, the Padres are 17th at 712. 
if we were to rank, let's see, weighted runs created plus. The Padres are 17th. Right there, they're like, if you go 15 is like average, okay, they're they're a little below average off, offensively right now. The Oakland A's are 16th on weighted runs created plus. The Padres are 17th. I don't think the Padres should be near any any A's category. Steve says bullpen is a disaster. I agree with. Uh, I mean, sorry, I disagree with that. I don't agree with that. Yeah, was was the series against Minnesota? Was it the best from the bullpen? No, but Stephen Wilson has been really good this year. I think Luis Garcia looked better yesterday. Hater's been great. Who else do you want to go to? Tim Hill. I thought he's. I, I think he's been pretty good this year. Nick Martinez has pitched well out of the bullpen this year. That's five. What five? I think I just named there. And what? So you want to point? If you want to point to Tapia or someone like that, well, should they even be on the roster if guys were healthy? You know, the bullpen. I don't think the bullpen's the problem. Honeywell's been pretty good this year. The bullpen is not the issue. All right. I'll be back after this after this break here. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night you can go cross team cross league and even cross sport best ball revolves around the draft which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product how does it work exactly you enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users that lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. I want to share the Bob Melvin audio. By the way, with Underdog, if you would have went with my Austin Villa selection, Less than three hits, you would or not less than three, less than one hit. Sorry, 0.5 hits. If you would have went under there, you would have hit on that one. Uh, so Bob Melvin, 
you know, I, I talked about some of his post-game comments. Here are his full comments. I don't know about full, but this is what Bally Sports showed on television today after the game. Here, Hopefully, let me know in the chat if you cannot hear these comments. We got to perform better. That's what we have to do. So, yeah, we hit some balls hard today. But we put way too much pressure on our pitching late in the game. And we have guys that can perform better. And we're going to, but it's it's time to quit just talking about it. It's time to go out there and do it. So another frustrating game for us, underperformed. How, how does that happen, how, to go out and perform better? Like, is it just a matter of literally doing it, like you just said? You just got to fight a little harder and expect a little bit more of ourselves, all of us, myself included. I want to pause that right there. Because when he says, oh, yeah, got to fight a little harder. That that right there to me is like, wait, wait, wait. Why are why why do we need to fight a little harder? Like we're we're saying that the the Padres are Bomel saying that the players aren't fighting hard enough. That would be a concern, right? I mean, the players have to they should not need Bomel to say, Yeah, let's go, fire it up, fire, you know, let's go fight a little harder you're trying to go win the division right you're trying to go be world series contenders you have the talent to do so i don't think they should need more motivation than that so we have not done that to this point these stretches happen but it's it's going on too long we got to break through here at some point doesn't uh, seem like you that you would say that to us without having said that to them. Is this? I, I I don't I don't talk about that stuff. So they know how I feel. Do you think it's been that there's just a little too much confidence based on who they are that they're going to turn it around? I don't too think much? so for a minute. I just okay. don't think there's enough enough tenacity throughout the course of the game. We show signs of it. We show spurts of it. We come out like we should, and then we don't sustain it for the entire game. That's the problem. Uh, Angle, I know that he's got the speed. It's the tying run. But anything to do with Soto's toe? Um, you know what? I wasn't out there at that point in time. Darvin, first of all, what did you think of Darvish today? And was the seventh inning at least at all related to whatever was going on? Uh, you know what? It, it might be a tiny bit of tightness, but I was not going to let him go out there for the seventh inning if, you know, he was feeling anything. So he's okay. He wanted to go out there. Um, he'll be fine for his next start. I just didn't want him. I didn't want him to have to go out there and pitch the seventh inning if I didn't think he was a hundred percent. Tightness in what capacity? What was? Just, he was just shaking his arm a little bit out there, and just didn't feel. I didn't feel comfortable sending him out. The inconsistency of the strike zone is something that you seem to have issue with all day. I did, but you know what? You got to fight through those things too. So we did. It wasn't a great strike zone. And we we did we had some good at bats. Manny had some great at bats, um, but it's a result oriented game, and we're not seeing those right now. All right, there you go, Bob Melvin. I mean, he's he's saying it right there. What has to happen? <laughs> More tenacity. They gotta carry the intensity throughout the game. Um. Telling the media, like, they know how I feel. That tells me that 
I think a meeting has happened. Maybe a meeting just happened before he spoke to the media where he got pissed off or maybe something happened before even today's game and they just came out again and not converting enough on with runners in scoring position. I don't know, but that that's, that's the most memorable Bowmel press conference post game that I've seen since that Arizona game. And shortly thereafter, we heard about the burn the ships and the, the player only meeting and Bomo had one as well the night before. So you know that there is more urgency right now with this season when it's not September when he's doing this, it's, it's May. Like he knows that there's more that this team has and they're just not showing it. This team should not be a 500 team. We're almost 40 games in now. We're 38 games in. This team, right, 38? This team should not be a 500 team. I know there's been injuries, but and the schedule has not been friendly to the Padres, definitely to start the to start the year in April, but that that should not be used in, as as an excuse when you have this much talent on the roster. I'll get back to the chat. The Padres they won Tuesday, six to one, and that was encouraging because they were able to pile it on with the Manny bomb, and that ball was crushed. Uh, Waka had another quality start, six innings, one earned run, three hits, three walks, four punch outs. Was able to get out of that fourth trouble there, walked two, only one scored though. Uh, got Gallo to strike out, got Vasquez, Christian Vasquez to strike out. You know, like, like I said, it was encouraging because there's been a lot of close Padre games, right? Where, okay, they get the win, but it it was not like a, a blowout win. Or I'm not saying like 6-1 is like a, a blowout, but it, 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 it made me smile at the end of the night, right? Because it was like, okay, yeah, they just, they won that, or no, excuse me, they didn't win. They lost the, the Dodger series, right? And. That was really sucky ending there on Sunday, Sunday night baseball as well. And they had the off day and it was like, all right, let's, let's just get that out of our heads and go get a win. And they got the win and the pitching was good. Like it was a really good night there, but that doesn't mean anything really. It doesn't mean much if you can't continue it. And they didn't really continue it. And I think we got to remember now you know, probably if the Padres would have won this series, I would have just looked back at two and be like, yeah, they won 6-1, sc- bringing up six runs. Like, that's great. Yeah. But then when you look back at it, the Padres lose this series. I guess my head just goes towards the negative parts of, oh, let's pick apart Tuesday's win, even though they won, just because they lost the series. And you realize on Tuesday that in the seventh, when they scored two runs, they scored two runs without a hit. So it's not like Tuesday should have even been like that much of a, like this big convincing win. The seventh, so Kim took third on, because uh, Nola was going to bunt, right? He had the bunt down. And around that third was so focused on that. And so he left third open because he was, on the infield grass looking for the bunt, right? So Kim took third there, 
and then he ends up scoring. And Tatis ends up getting on base in the seventh because Grish kind of got caught at second base. And Correa gets him. Tatis steals second. There's a bad throw by Vasquez. He takes third. And then he gets home after Crony walked because Vasquez decided to throw it at, throw it to third and hit, and he ended up hitting Tatis in the back when Tatis was like a foot away from the bag. So it was not like like the way they took the lead there. And some like I applaud them for taking advantage of Minnesota's mistakes, but now that you look back at it, or if you want to look back at it from the negative viewpoint. The uh, that win on on what was that Tuesday probably shouldn't have been that encouraging. I mean, it was encouraging on a couple fronts. I mean, starting pitching, the bullpen, Soto four hit game, reach base five times, Manny with the big home run. Like, yeah, that was encouraging. But what about the rest? You know, I, I hit on it earlier about you know the big four and two or three of them. Might have good games, but then what about the fourth? We haven't seen, you know, all of them consistently going yet. Get going yet, you know, consistently with each other. So we're just waiting for that, right? And the rest of the lineup. Some guys are hot. Some guys are cold. I know that's baseball, but it doesn't feel like we've gotten the majority of the lineup going at the same time consistently this year. And they sit at 500 right now. 19 and 19, third in the National League West. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I did want to mention during this series, you know, Tatis had a really had a good throw today to second, had a good throw last night, throwing out 
uh, Correa at home. So he's looking comfortable in right field. I mean, you look at the baseball savant numbers. Let me pull those up. If you look at the baseball savant numbers here of Tatis in the outfield, and you look at his jump and the speed, obviously. There's a lot of red. Uh, you know, whiff rate's not good. He's chasing. He's not walking, but he's an aggressive guy. Like, that. that's what he's been. Um, sprint speed, 98th percentile. Outs above average in the red, 86th percentile. Outfield jump, 97th percentile. So, I mean, that's like Trent Grisham right there like in terms of like getting a good jump on a ball. So I'm impressed by what I'm seeing so far out of Fernando in right field. And it seems like he's enjoying it. And I'm interested in seeing what happens at Dodger stadium, obviously this weekend, and hopefully nothing too terribly happens. Um, and we'll get to that, but just wanted to get to the rest of the chat, you know, a disappointing series loss. Uh, I still am going to say, yeah, you can get on me for this, whatever. I don't care. I still think they're going to, turn it around uh but yeah it's it's me saying that doesn't do anything right any sports talk host saying that that doesn't mean anything the player saying it doesn't mean anything bowmel saying yeah it'll get going like he has doesn't mean anything they just have to do it consistently to show that yeah we're turning it around yeah this is the real padres brent says time to bring up iglesias uh is he a righty? I think he's a righty. So I don't know if the Padres would want to do that. I think they like having a lefty on the bench there. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Iglesias at some point this year. JT Snod says, can we send down Odor and bring up Merrill? Well, Merrill is not ready. He's like 19. He's in high A. Um, so no, that's not going to happen. And if they send down Odor, he'd probably just... Well, maybe he'd stay with El Paso. But I think he'd have the option to just opt out and go sign somewhere else. JD's third says, Bo Mid babies these guys. You said he was fine. Listen to the pitcher. No, 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 no. But that's not what you want to do. Darvish already delivered a quality start. I know he's only at 80 pitches, but it's May 11th. Of course, the pitcher is going to say, I'm fine and want to stay in the game. That's what they do. They're professional athletes. They're going to want to stay in the game. They don't want to leave. So note, that's not the smart thing to do all the time is to listen. And Bomel usually does. He is someone that has had a track record of keeping pitchers in. But when your ace is on the mound and he's already delivered six strong innings and you don't know if he's actually okay, you take him out. And the bullpen has been good this year. So and and like Bomel said in post in the post game presser, like the offense put a lot of pressure on the bullpen today and just the pitching in general and this season because they're not scoring a ton of runs. Did someone in the did someone in the chat want to come on? I see somewhere in the chat. Oh, Matt, Matt, do you want to come on the show? You can go in the comments. It's pinned in the chat. You click that link, pin in the chat, and you can join the show. Anyone that wants to, not just one person. I just saw that in the chat. Someone asked, how do I do that? So, yeah, just 
click that link in the chat if you want to any any questions you want to give your thoughts on the offense or just the Padres in general feel free and while I get through the rest of or not the rest there's a lot of people in here so if you want to make sure I get to your comment your question then use that super chat button and I'll make it makes it very much easier for me to get to your question to see it um and as I get navigate my way through this chat just a reminder about breaking tea you can click that link in my description for great San Diego sports swag uh, they just released some new shirts as well one's a Tatis one with the sombrero uh, and you can you use my code talking friars uh, on SeatGeek for $20 off so if you want to go to a Padres Royals there's the Manny Machado bobblehead day I believe on Monday there's Padres Red Sox next weekend or if you're going to go up to Dodger Stadium for Padres Dodgers, use that code and you'll get $20 off. Matt says he clicked the link, but nothing happens. Okay, I'll send the link again. I just put the link again in the chat. So you can click that link again, Matt. You can click that link. I'm way behind in the comments, by the way. So you, you sent that like a half hour ago. So sorry. I've been talking a lot here. Yeah, JD's third super chat. Fix your link. Matt is trying to join. I, I just put the link in the chat. Thank you for the super chat. Yeah, just saw that. The practicing guitarist says anyone who knows baseball could see this team was flawed from the start of the season. The sunshine pumpers on Twitter are too obsessed with war and meaningless statistics to see it. I think there's a lot of people that don't like where the team's at right now, actually, from what I'm seeing on social media. I'm not seeing too many that are like, it's all right. I think it is all right. I'm just still pissed off, right? Just disappointed. Yeah, Manny did say that, Max. Don't jump on the bandwagon later when we start effing raking. When is that going to be? I'm 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 not a bandwagon fan obviously. I've been a Padre fan since I was able to understand what the Padres were and watch baseball. So, I'm going to continue being with this team and everyone in the chat here probably will continue being with this team. Uh our question, those that are still with the Padres obviously, like we're still behind them obviously. We're we're just pissed off. When are they going to start raking? Like if they start raking and they end up being one of the best teams in baseball and they go win it all, obviously, then that will be a legendary quote. But that quote's not going to look too good for Manny if the Padres don't end up raking and they have like a first round exit or something like that. I think they will turn it around, but you know, we know how social media works. Like people just bookmark tweets quotes from athletes and when it doesn't work out oh you know what's that account freezing cold takes tag them and it blows up i think they should still have confidence by the way it's it's not it's not like you shouldn't um they just got to be more consistent with runner in scoring position
CBS 121 believes the Padres are going to get swept this weekend. I mean, I disagree with that. I, I think they're going to go win tomorrow. I, I believe that a meeting is going to happen. Like, Bo Mill is pissed. Something's going to happen. And hopefully they come out and play some really inspired baseball. Matt says he's pissed because he knows they're going to get him fired. I, Bowmel's not anywhere. This is not a Bowmel problem. Like, Bowmel, does he control that Matt Carpenter strikes out looking with the bases loaded? Does he control that Soto grounds out second and third? I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get on Soto too much because he did have a good series, but really good series, actually. Second and third, ground out to second. Does he control that? Does he control Trent Grisham striking out? With the bases loaded, like no, he can only do so much, and he has to talk to the media like two times a day before the game and after the game, and he's answering the same freaking questions like every day. What's got to get it going? What's the problem? How are we gonna fix it? What's you know? It's, what he's run out of answers. Like that's what I got from Bo Mel today post game. He's he's exasperated. He has run out of answers. You know, we're at the time where it's like, yep, got to stop saying it and just got to go do it. JD's third pod says Padres media with these softball questions. What are they supposed to ask Bowmill? No, seriously. AC and Casavell and Lynn, I think those are the guys that are there. They're asking the same questions pretty much every day and probably trying to find a way to rephrase stuff. You know? How do you fix it? What's the problem? Uh, is it an approach thing? Like, they're. What do you want? What do you want them to ask? I see that super chat. I'm going to get to it. Don't worry. I'll get to that. Uh, SJL Stevens. JD's third says Padres play tomorrow. Win or on an off day? No, they play tomorrow. Today's Thursday. They play tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. It's a three-game series at Dodger Stadium. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All right, SJ L. Stevens says, thank you for the super chat, by the way. I appreciate it. Again, it makes it it separates the super chats into a different category for me on my side of things. So it makes it much easier to find these and make sure I get to them. Do you think all the money that has been spent has changed the drive in some? What do you mean? Like guys, like they have their money, they're not motivated to perform anymore. I disagree with that. I mean. There are plenty of guys on this team that, yeah, they have the money, but they've never won a World Series before. So I think winning a World Series, there's a ton of motivation in getting your first one, right? Because you can always say you're a World Series champion, right? Not everyone can say that. Not many people can say that, right? Crony got the extension, but he's never won a World Series. Darvish got that money. He's never won a World Series, right? Manny, he got a big contract. He's never won a World Series. He got to one with the Dodgers, didn't win. Soto playing for a contract. I know he's won a World Series, but hasn't won one here. 
So I'm sure he's motivated by that. Nelson Cruz has never won a World Series. Matt Carpenter, he has won. Hasn't won one here, though. And the first press conference that he had, like, he's here to win. He's not here because it's just the weather. No, he's here to actually win. Bob Melvin, he was with the A's all that time. You know, he wants to win a World Series with the Padres as the manager. So, you know, haters never won one. Like, there's a, there's a ton of people that have, have that have a ton of motivation, I would think, to go win a World Series. So I disagree about the money that has been spent. Has that changed the drive in some, some people? All right. Let's talk about what's coming up. So the Padres, obviously, like I said, they're two and four in the last six games. They dropped two out of three to the Dodgers last weekend. They could have won that series. And I came out of that series pretty positive, I thought, because they were one out away, Mookie Betts, from winning that series. And Hader ended up giving up the home run, right? Um, now, the Padres, they head into Dodger Stadium, and I expect it to be another close series. On Friday, tomorrow we have Blake Snell against Dustin May on Saturday at 4.15. It's the national TV Fox game. Joe Musgrove against Julio Urias. On Sunday at 1.10, it is Michael Walker against Tony Gonson. So it's not the same pitching matchups the whole series because Kershaw pitched against the Brewers in the Dodgers series finale. They just took two out of three from Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Um, Darvish obviously pitched today. But the first two games of this series are the same matchups as last Saturday, which is the Friday pitching matchup, Snell May. And then last Sunday, Sunday Night Baseball was Musgrove Arias. That's Saturday, 4-15. Friday's at 7-10. Saturday, 4-15. Sunday, 1-10. Uh, the fan reception for Fernando, I think that's going to be like the storyline heading into this series. I mean, Padres fans, I think we're going to be like, okay, can we win this series against the Dodgers in the regular season, please? But for the national audience, I think it's going to be this is the most hostile environment Tatis will face. It, it That's what it is. Dodger Stadium, they're going to let him hear it. And there's probably going to be inflatable PED stuff going around like there was last year. I'm sure that the Dodgers scoreboard is going to have something up there with Fernando. Something. Especially after what the Padres did with Kershaw. It would just make sense. Um, Dodger fans, you know, they boo Manny. It's going to be like that for Tatis for the rest of his career. There's probably going to be a ton of steroid chants and some jokes at Tatis's way in the outfield. It's not like the infield where Fernando is at shortstop and maybe he can tune out the Dodger fans a little bit in the outfield. I mean, you're just standing there in between pitches and sometimes he might not get a lot of action out there and he's just standing there. And he's not that far away from Dodger fans. So he's going to hear it. I would expect Tatis to be dancing a little bit in the outfield when he does hear those chants and when he does hear those heckles. And hopefully, I mean, I, you know what? I'll guarantee a home run from Tatis in this series. Like, he homered today. He's going to feed off those boos. And he's going to hit a bomb off of someone. I'm not going to call who it is, but he's going to hit a bomb. And he's going to be rubbing it in. He's going to ru rub it in. He's going to rub it in those Dodger fans' faces. He's going to be dancing around third. 
He's going to be dancing in the dugout. He's going to be dancing in right field. I think that's what's going to happen at some point in this series. Don't know when. I mean, a home run off of... Who would be the best at home run off of? May, Arias, or Gonsolin? I mean, one off of Bruce Dar Gratterall would be amazing. I hate that guy. Uh, I'll go with Julio Arias. Saturday night, national television. Just hit a bomb. Hit one. Hit one over the left field stands. Or hit one oppo to right field where those fans are going to heckle him. I want to see that. I, I think he's going to go yard one time. And hopefully Manny and Soto can swing the bat well. Manny, I think he's been doing better. And Soto was locked in in this series for the most part. I mean, Sam Levitt, he posted on Twitter in this twin series. I think it was today. So this is what has happened. Or this, this was what happened. Juan Soto's series in Minnesota. So today... He ends up going two for three, right? So these aren't all of his at-bats. These were his first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 11. 11 plate appearances. Single at 101.6 miles per hour. A double at 108.9. Walk, a double, 108.4. A single, 111.5 miles per hour. Walk, line out which I believe was the double play, 103.7. A homer, 107.1. Ground out, but then intentionally walked. Double, 90.9 miles per hour. And then another double, 102.2 miles per hour. I mean, crushing the ball. So, yeah, he is looking really good right now. Really good. So hopefully he can continue that and hit, maybe hit, hit an oppo bomb. Hit a hop, maybe a couple at Dodger Stadium. Shut those fans up. Social media might be an S show this weekend. I'm just thinking, because I mean, last weekend was nuts. There, there were just so many things that were happening. But yeah, I would think there's going to be some time, there, there's going to be some times where Tatis is going to look up at the fans in, this, in the stands and see some signs. There was that one Mookie sign <laughs> Mookie eats corn the long way or something on, on Saturday, last Saturday. Mookie actually thought that was funny. I don't think it's going to be like that at Dodger Stadium. I think it's going to be like actually, you know, more rude, uh, steroid stuff, cheating stuff. Some Dodger fans that probably think he's still doing it. There's going to be some ringworm jokes probably. Like So don't get too pissed off about it. Like if something's funny then I'm going to laugh at it. It's going to be funny. Um, obviously, I don't want them – don't make things personal with his family. Like, that's all I want from Dodger fans. Like, I understand they're going to get at him. But don't make things personal with his family. Uh, don't throw things at him. Things like that. And I, I can't I can't sit here and say that Dodger fans are going to not make things personal and not throw things at him. And that's unfortunate, but that's just – who Dodger fans, and I'm not saying all Dodger fans, there are some decent human being Dodger fans, but there are, it just feels, the ones that we see, you know, on social media and all that, it seems like that is something that they would do, is make things personal and go over the line. So hopefully that does not happen. 
All right. Was there anything post-game that Bob Melvin said that also stood out? Because I don't know if Bally posted the whole post-game comments from Bob Melvin. I know I played those earlier, but I don't know if those if that was all of the questions that he was asked. Because Bally could probably edit some of the questions or edit when they cut out of the press conference. All I'm seeing is pretty much what I played, that like two-and-a-half-minute video of uh, Bomel talking about the tenacity. Darvish took him out because he wasn't 100% sure that he was completely fine. The team's underperforming. They can perform better, but it's time to start doing it and stop talking about it. You know, just go do it. That's what we got out of Bomel. Yeah, he's pipped. Just like a lot of Padres fans are. All right. Let's get to some other San Diego sports stuff here. So the San Diego Wave, just want to throw it out there. They play on Sunday. They play Sunday against the Kansas City Current on uh, Paramount Plus, that's at 3 p.m. The Wave, they've lost two games in a row. So hopefully um, they can turn that around. I don't know if Korniak's going to – I don't think Korniak's going to be healthy. Don't know if Van Eggman's going to play. Don't know if Turnbow's going to play. But they missed some opportunities last weekend against Washington. So hopefully they can bounce back because uh, if they don't, in the regular season, they're going to be 3-4. and four. And that's not a way you want to start off a, a season where trying to contend, right? You're, you're, I, I think they are. I think they're going to win on Sunday. I think they're a championship contender, but you, you don't want to start off uh, the season, regular season play with a losing record, uh, three and four, because that, that's digging a little bit of a hole. It's a hole they can get out of. It's a long season. Um, so the way they play Kansas City on Mother's Day, and then the loyal. By the way, Anthony, I do see see you on the screen here. So, uh, in my chat room here. So, if you want to come on, can you turn your camera on just so I can see that you do want to come on? And then I'll put you on here. That we and, and you can say whatever you want to say. Uh, the loyal. By the way, they play on Saturday. That's at I think seven. Yeah, seven p.m. Fox Five against Rio Grande Valley. And there's a lot of stuff going on with the Loyal right now. Um, a lot of stuff. The Loyal, obviously, there's this whole this whole MLS thing, right? And they released a letter on Wednesday. Andrew Vasiliadis, he is the 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 chairman, the owner, if you will, of the San Diego Loyal. And so here's the statement says, Dear San Diego, we want to take a moment to express our deepest gratitude for your unwavering support over the past four years. You have made our dream bringing professional soccer to San Diego a reality. Together, we have created a community of fans, families, players, and civic leaders who bleed Tory Green. Your memories are at our games, photos with our players, and pride in wearing our crest in the stands have been the lifeblood of our success, and we are humbled by your loyalty. We have become aware of an independent ownership group 
that intends to launch their own club in San Diego. Our unwavering commitment is to the vision of growing soccer in this city, and we want to make that abundantly clear. Landon Donovan, the entire San Diego Loyal team, and I are dedicated to this mission, and we will continue to work tirelessly to achieve it. Our passion for soccer and for our community will never falter. San Diego, we are one with you. Our love for this city runs deep. This is our home, and we are proud to be part of its rich and diverse fabric. Our plan is simple. We aren't going anywhere. Hashtag stay loyal. Andrew Vasiliadis, chairman and owner of The Loyal. So what I got out of that, like as I was reading, the first time I was reading, it was like, okay, this is a letter. This is something serious here because we we did not know are the loyal going to be the MLS team have, you know, they, there were some conversations according to some reports, but we didn't know like what was going on with the loyal. Are they going to fold if the MLS team comes what's happening? So as I was reading this, I was like, all right, well, they're thanking the community. Are they just stopping right now? Or are they going to say we're switching? We're, we're going to join this ownership group. What's happening here. And then they said, we have become aware of the independent ownership group. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we have become aware of an independent ownership group that intends to launch their own club. Those are key words there. Launch their own club. That's where I was like, all right, well, the San Diego Loyal, they're not. It seems like the plan is they're not going to be the MLS team. They're, they're not really going to work with this MLS team. And I think the Loyal... So they're staying here. So what's going to happen, it seems like, is they're not going to be a part of this MLS ownership group and try to make the loyal, the MLS team, the Mansour group and Saquon. That's the, the ownership, independent ownership group that the loyal are referring to. They're going to stay in San Diego. They're just going to stay in the USL, which is like second division soccer here in America. So... I'm interested in seeing how this plays out. Like what I hope is that, okay, if the loyal, they don't, I mean, they probably want to be the MLS team, but I understand Mohammed Mansour, that the, the, the lead guy that is getting this, that it looks like is going to bring MLS to San Diego. He's going to be the owner of this new club when everything gets approved. Right. And hopefully it's approved by the end of next week. That's what the timeline is right now. Um, I was hoping that the lawyer would be it, but I understand Mohammed Mansour. He wants his own thing. And he probably, I mean, I hope, I hope he respects what the loyal have built here in San Diego and the fan base that they have built and the whole stay loyal thing. And the owner, Andrew, he is from San Diego, I believe. And like, they really care about the San Diego community. So I hope, that he understands that and he's just like when he speaks to the media whenever this whenever he does all right i understand there's some people that might view this as oh we're just going to run over the loyal and hopefully he says that's not what we want we want to create our own thing here we respect the loyal we don't want to run them over but we want our own thing like i understand that if i was an owner of a team and i don't i want to create my own team i don't want to create i don't want to bring this team in i guess i would understand that i would choose the loyal route because of what the loyal has built but hopefully both sides can still exist 
coexist. The MLS team will be more popular, I would think, than the loyal. It's the MLS, you ask some sports fan, just a random sports fan, do you know what the MLS is? They will probably say yes. Have you heard of the USL? They would probably say no. So I, I think just the MLS team coming, and they're playing at Snapdragon. There's probably going to be more people talking about them. There's going to be more interest in that team. But hopefully the loyal can still play, you know, still exist. They're still going to have their loyal fan base. And I mean, like, not the team fan base, but I'm talking about, like, the fan base that is loyal to the loyal. Like, they're going to stick with them because of all the years they have rooted for them. Because soccer, it really is a community thing. So hopefully both can coexist. And the loyal can still have success in the USL and they can still draw 5,000 games. And the MLS team can be like the wave and sell out some games. Hopefully that's what can happen and everyone can be happy. The loyal, like I said, I think they want to be the MLS team, obviously. And yes, it's, it will be weird. Let's say the loyal, they don't become the MLS team and they're staying in San Diego. They're going to stay in the USL. They're just, they just have Landon Donovan there who his name is on the MLS MVP trophy. They just have him there in the USL as the president with the MLS team in the same city. Like that would be weird. But if that's what's going to happen and if that, that's what the loyal, that's what Landon Donovan wants then I guess that's what's going to happen. I mean, I want the Loyal to have success. I, I I, mean, I wish that the Loyal would be the MLS team. Like, I think that's the best case. Like, the Loyal has built up the fan base. They've spent so many years building a fan base and having a soccer team here, a men's pro soccer team here, right? I wanted them to be rewarded and get this MLS franchise be elevated you get the money from Muhammad Mansour Landon Donovan can be a part of it like that would be great but it doesn't seem like that's what is going to happen it's disappointing but I just look I'm team San Diego I'm going to root for the MLS team I'm going to root for the loyal like I hope that both do well it's not like it's the Lakers and the Clippers where well no root for one Root for one. It's the end. They're in the same league. One's in the USL, one's in the MLS. So I hope San Diego fans will embrace both teams still. And they're not going to feel like, oh, I got to pick either the Loyal or the MLS team. No, hopefully you support both. Hopefully you just support the San Diego soccer. You support the Wave, you support the Loyal, and you support this San Diego expansion team. Hopefully that, you know, this. Uh, this Mohammed Mansour guy, this Mansour group, the Saquon group, whenever this announcement happens, hopefully they can come in and really like make sure that it's like obvious that they care about the San Diego community and they care about the loyal. I know that it's, you know, you come in and you want to do your own thing. That's what it seems like is going to happen. You want to do your own thing. 
and the loyal are in the USL. They're not a part of you, MLS team. And so it's going to look like, yeah, we don't care about the loyal. We're coming in and we're just going to kick you guys to the curb and good luck. But hopefully they can be like, we couldn't come to an agreement. We support the loyal. We support Landon Donovan. We hope that they do well. And hopefully there's some way that this MLS team can support the loyal. Like they can promote the loyal. They can allow the loyal to have like tents and stuff set up at the MLS matches to promote themselves. You know, make this a partnership instead of having this guy come in with this MLS team and not give any crap about the loyal, right? I still hope that the loyal, that, you know, last minute they can change things in the loyal or the MLS team, but it, it just doesn't seem like that. After the loyal released the statement, Andrew Vasiliadis, the chairman and owner, our plan is simple. We aren't going anywhere. You know, they're aware of the independent ownership group intending to launch their own club. You know, those, those are keywords there, their own club seems like the loyal are not going to be the MLS team. So that's the latest update. We don't know when this is actually going to be announced. I guess it could be announced at any time, right? It could just come up at any time. I believe the MLS Snapdragon Stadium and the, who am I forgetting? And San Diego State, I think they it would be, yeah, MLS, San Diego State, Snapdragon. They I think they're they met this week. They I think they've already met. And they have to get the lease agreement done for Snapdragon. And then they can bring it to the owners and approve this MLS expansion team. And then I think they're hoping to get that done 17th, 18th. Get that, at, you know, it's probably gonna leak by then. And then like the 20th. That's what Darren Smith uh, said on NBC7 with Darnay Tripp the other day. I saw that this week. That was a great conversation, by the way. The 20th hopefully is like a date where they can have like a formal announcement either at Snapdragon or somewhere in the city. I'm excited. I'm excited, super pumped for the MLS to come. I mean, I just, I just wish that the Loyal can still have success, even if they – don't end up becoming the MLS team. All right, let's get back to the chat here. Oh, Anthony. So Anthony was here in the studio chat. He says, can't use. Okay. Well, Anthony, I, I see your message. I see your message. Um, just, just put your thoughts in the chat then. Yeah, sorry that's not working. Just just put the put your thoughts in the chat and I'll get to them. Yes, JD's third. Baseball is hard sometimes. Yep. JD's third says he would try if he could. Ben wouldn't take my call. No, that's not true. If you click the link, I would take your call. If you want to show your face and be on the show, yeah. I, I would or even if you don't want to show your face, just let me know that. And, yeah, I'll have you on. I'll let anyone come on. 
I love talking with other Padres fans. The media does talk to players, by the way, after losses. That just doesn't get shown on Bally because we talk at like different times. Where the management's set after the game, there's there's like that set, you know, five minutes that the manager talks in the media room with the media. So there's a camera set up there. Gil says, loyal or amateur want to stay that way. You do you. I don't know. I think they want to be the MLS team. Why would they want to stay in the USL and not be the MLS team? I think the Mansour group just wants their own thing. So they're saying, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to make our own team, our own crest, and we're going to just start ours from the bottom up. And we're not going to take you. Matt says, if Nola has options and is not sent down, someone needs to be fired. If he doesn't DFA him, uh, doesn't Nola have any options? I'm checking on that right now. Yeah, he has, it says he has two options remaining, so they can send him down to the minor leagues. But then you're putting a lot of pressure on Brett Sullivan, a rookie catcher, and Luis Camposano when he comes back, who is also like a rookie catcher, doesn't have a ton of playing time. So you're trusting them. I don't know if the Padres are at that point where they want to do that right now. And how, how do the pitchers feel about that? Because the pitchers will have a say. Trust me, the pitchers will have a say on that. If the Padres go to them, they go to Joe Musgrove or you Darvish and say, yeah, Austin Knoll is not on this team anymore. How are they going to feel about that? I don't, I don't, I don't think you Darvish is going to sit there and be like, oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go pitch to Brett Sullivan all, all every start now. He's only pitched to two guys in his Padres career. So he's a comfort guy. So um, I don't see them sending Nola down anytime soon. I think Nola doesn't, deserve the amount of starts that he's getting, but Campy's also hurt. I, I'd like to see Campy come back and see what happens. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 394. Thank you everyone for being here. Again, you can use my code Talking Friars on SeatGeek, $20 off. Check out Underdog Fantasy, Breaking Tea. Breaking Tea, great uh, San Diego swag. Underdog Fantasy, great place for pickums. Gaglion Bros., main location on Friars Road. They're also at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium. So check them out there. Thank you everyone for the time and I'll talk to you later. See ya.